When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Not having those brain farts, you know, being being sound, you know, if you know, not not if you're in the red zone on the three-yard line, if, if the snap counts on two, know that the snap counts on two. We can't have bonehead mistakes, you know, just things like that, you know, um, um, that, that I think, you know, if we can, you know, clean up, it can take us a long way. You know, I, yeah. I just feel like we just wasn't a, a very clean and sound situation, situational football team um, last year, and that, and, that, and that hurt us. You know, I feel like we competed in every football game that we played in. We just right couldn't game. finish. Yeah, we just couldn't finish. In I had my blood pressure so high watching y'all late in the fourth quarter, man. I was like, <laughs> man. <laughs> I love how Patrick Peterson is still just wearing the same hat. Is that is that a clip from the show where he announced he was coming back to the Vikings, or he's just wearing that hat for two uh, weeks now? No, I I, th- I think it was uh, from a newer episode. Okay, so I mean, let's sum up that thirty second clip from Patrick Peterson on all things covered. Poor leadership led to late game mistakes and and also uh, Oli Udo, I think, not knowing the snap counts about eight different times last year. Mm-hmm. Like those are the, the things that he was probably alluding to. So this is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. It's Mackie, Judd, Declan, our executive producer. And the show is presented by our friends at Surly, which we'll talk about later. Got that big draft party coming up the first night of the draft on April 28th. And TCL, we'll be giving away a TCL TV at Surly. They've got a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. So, random Viking of the week later in the show. Patrick Peterson talking about why the Vikings couldn't win games late. Couldn't they played all these close games? You know, they had leads in all these games. And then uh, Warren Sharp from Sharp Football came out with this fascinating statistic yesterday that drove a ton of conversation on social media. I know you guys have seen this, so I'm not going to quiz you, but everyone played 17 games last year. The Kansas City Chiefs had 16 games in which they had a lead at some point, which is amazing. Holy crap. Really? Yeah. 16 out of 17 games, the Kansas City Chiefs had a lead. Mm-hmm. The Vikings had a lead in 15 games last year. 15 out of 17? Now, they're not the only team with 15. They're tied with Arizona, San Francisco, the Rams, Baltimore, Green Bay, Indianapolis, Carolina. That's interesting. 
All the way at the bottom of this list, uh, the the Jets and the Jaguars only had seven games in which they had a lead at any point. So, you know, it was pretty bad yeah, at that. Man. But what do you, before we get into some of that, because I actually have, I looked at the seven games in which they lost despite having a lead, and there's some interesting things there. But when you saw this, you saw, wow, they had a lead in 15 of 17 games. What do you make of it? I think it's really simple. So th- this goes back to the parity in this league basically means that almost every team is around th- the same. Like there's a there's a handful or no, there's probably smaller that, that, than that of like really, really, really good teams. And there's a small portion of really, really bad teams. The mm-hmm. Jets, really bad. The Jaguars last year, really bad. But I think what this shows is – this shows that the majority of teams are even, evenly bunched and that you're going to have a ton of cl- close games. And not just the Vikings. Everybody is, uh, unless you're terrible. And so I saw this, and it didn't surprise me one bit. Conversely, because teams are bunched so much, um, at some point in time, and we've talked about this previously, it's not bad luck. It's not like, well, oh man, look at all those. Clo-. Like, I feel like we try and torture, especially in this league, close losses into like one play and it's bad luck. And, you know, if only, but the league is built to have games like this. It's why fans love that this league. It's not because games are good. It's because games are close, which is yeah. by the way, fine. I'm not criticizing that. But the point is at some point in time, if you played three close games and lost them all, that might be bad luck. Situationally, you missed a kick. Uh, you threw a pick at an inopportune time. Somebody fumbled. Three losses. That's tough. At some point in time when the list, the number, I should say, is as ridiculously high as what you just gave us, it defines you. So, like, one, I'm not surprised. And two, seeing that stat has never made me back off the fact that that I think that the Vikings, as Bill Parcells record-wise says, are who you are. Yeah. And the Vikings were who they, they were. And I feel this grabbing at straws of, yeah, but if only this game had gone this way. And if I, where do you stop that game? Well, and to your point about everything just being close, like so. First of all, there's, there's, it's not like baseball where one team. I just saw the the opening day payrolls come out, and you got teams like the Mets and the Dodgers are literally spending a quarter of a billion dollars on their payroll, and then you got the A's and the Pirates and the Guardians, and they're spending like you know forty million dollars or less on their payroll. And so, yeah, obviously, like, the teams that are spending way more money are going to much more likely be better teams. Well, in the NFL, because everyone is capped at at a ceiling and there's a floor, like, you can't just spend $40 million in the NFL. You have to spend, like, 90% of the salary cap. So it's it's just, I mean, it is is, uh, as, as evenly distributed across the board as you can possibly get, right? And then the worst teams get the best draft picks. So it's it's social. I mean, it's sports socialism, right? It's everything's yeah. equal. Okay, we're going to give to the poor by giving them the number one overall pick, mm-hmm. and then we're going to and then we're going to take away from the rich by by you know making them draft later. And so when Caesars came out with their odds a week ago for the for the over unders, all but seven teams, so twenty five teams are projected between six and ten wins, so somewhere in that kind of middle ground. 
you know, like what's what's the real difference between like a nine win team and a seven win team? It might be that you missed a field goal. Greg Joseph, right, misses a field goal in Arizona. So I'm I, I with everything being fairly equal. What are the things that put you over the top? You know, I would say situational defense on third down, right? A quarterback who can rise up in certain moments, a coach that knows how to preserve timeouts so that you get the extra possession late. Maybe it's a touchdown you gave up at the end of the first half because yes. you just couldn't stop a team in the two-minute drill, like, and, like, and that leads to a loss. So it's all these little exactly. situational, marginal things. Dex, when you saw that, you're like, wow, the Vikings, 15 leads last year. What was your yeah. first thought? Uh, it, it stinks because it's, it's hard to parse through of, all right, there's 15 leads here. Carolina's on that list, too. But of all those teams that are on there, all but what, Minnesota and Carolina, right, of the teams that had those leads were playoff teams, right? Is that correct? Indianapolis missed. Uh, Colts missed because of because Carson Wentz. Didn't, but, did um, Baltimore miss too? But like yes. Baltimore and Indianapolis were right. Or they were right there, yeah. And the Ravens had just horrible bad injury luck towards towards the end of their season too. Um, yeah, it's a little bit of bad luck, but I think at the end of the day it comes down to execution. Um, Pat P off the offset when he says leadership has to do with that, and I don't believe he's he's not taking a shot at Kirk there. That's a shot at the coaching staff. It's a Zimmer now, shot. Yeah. yeah, it's a Zimmer shot, totally. So I, I think it, it mostly falls, if like on a pie chart of blame, right? If like we come up one on the fly, I think the most of it and that chunk of pie goes to coaching. And and your coaching reciprocates that down, down to your players. So I would say it's coaching and then a, just a little bit of bad luck, dude. Like it's not the biggest reason why, but coaching yeah. and then just bad luck. There's some bad luck. I mean, there's there's always going to be some bad luck in the, in these close games. One of the things I find really interesting, though, is the perception of of the teams that had 15 leads last year the perception of Carolina versus Minnesota or Carolina versus Baltimore. I think people look at Carolina largely as, oh, they're kind of a tire fire. You know, they, they win but five they games a great year. start. And they take leads. They're like four and one. Yeah. Yeah. They've got some pieces on their roster. I mean, they just need someone who's not Sam Darnold. Maybe they shouldn't be laughing at the notion of Kirk Cousins next time. If that or Matt Rule. Yeah, Matt Rule might just be. Role there. Yep. Absolutely. I think he might be a buffoon. It's off the record. I don't want to say that on the record, but I think he might be a buffoon. No, you can, you There's could, a chance he might be a buffoon. You, you could say it on the record. I think I'd be fine. <laughs> Thank you, Declan. <laughs> so I was curious about the losses. When the Vikings had a lead mm-hmm. and lost, and sometimes those leads were 7 to nothing. you know, the Browns, and then, and then that was it. And then sometimes it was they're leading late, and then another team comes back in the fourth quarter. What happened in those seven games in which the Vikings had a lead at some point and lost? Whose fault is it? Is it offense? Is it defense? Is it something situational? And what can the Vikings sort of pick up from those games and learn going forward so that they don't have seven losses in games in which they had leads? I don't know how that compares to the rest of the league, but it's probably at or near the top because they had the second most leads. Sure. So the Bengals game was really interesting to start the year. The offense had – so they they get into this close game in the fourth quarter. They're, they were down by two touchdowns early in that game, and their first drive was a total disaster. They had three penalties and like, the first five snaps. They just, they just, like, weren't ready for the season. <laughs> yeah, first play of the season, I think, was uh, – The first uh, two. Then they, have, they jumped the first two plays. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was bad. So once they, once they start to come back, the offense wound up with two three-and-outs after the six-minute mark of the fourth quarter and then, and then in overtime with a chance to win. Now, they did wind up kicking a tying field goal in between those drives. Uh, and then the Dalvin Cook fumble situation, which I still don't think it was a fumble. 
but it was a bang-bang play. They were getting into field goal range. I almost chalked that Bengals game up to, yeah, like the offense definitely should have done more in a couple of those drives, but I almost I almost chalked that one up to luck. Like, they were going to win the game, and I and I felt like the Dalvin Cook call was a bad call, and it's the first game of the year, so you're going to be kind of rusty. The Bengals turned out to be a lot better, obviously, than anyone ever thought. So in the moment, it was like, the Bengals? Right. Like, well, you're playing a Super Jack's Bowl called team. called them hot garbage before that game started. <laughs> yes. Jack's like, I'm not worried about the Bengals. The Bengals suck. It's like, well, but... I, I, believe, I believe the words were, the Bengals are an absolute mess Yeah. before week one started, and they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But, here's where, but here's where I will say the tone for that entire game was set in many ways, and in some ways, unfortunately, the season is... The penalties, because C.J. Ham was called for like a false start, right? On like the first play, that that like, guy just sit there until the ball snaps. <laughs> but I mean, okay? that's that's discipline, that's coaching, on, that's team mentality. Like that that to me was a precursor, ultimately, of things to come. As far as discipline, and as far as the fact this guy, this team, the 2022 Vikings had. Aside from like Jefferson, who can't throw the ball to, to himself, zero clutch gene, like zero take control gene on either side coach, of the ball. The head coach, the OC, the quarterback, the defense you name me one veteran or one coach who you said, you know what, this guy's got that. I can't. Yeah, well, it, it, yeah, that's a good Jefferson point. could, but he can't throw the ball to himself. It's like, all right, guys, we need to stop right now. Like, who is who is right. now? Maybe Daniil Hunter would have been that in the second half of the season. Can you imagine if on the first play of the season, Tom Brady's fullback gets a flag? Like, you got a problem. Listen, I I don't want to reopen this scab, but you know what my take was after that game was I put it on, listen, there's one, there's, why are, why do you have three offensive penalties in the first five snaps? Why are there snap count issues? I, I put it on, not 100%, but like, dude, you're, that's, that's a quarterback thing. You're communicating, like, why, why are these guys not getting it? Is it? So, but I know a lot of people disagree with that because I'm well, just you saying can't that's not, blame Ole I'm just saying, I don't. I don't think that's bad luck. I think that's discipline. I think yeah, that's coaching, is preparation, it's communication. And, yes, and I'm not blaming one person, but I am blaming the the team. That's not a good way to start out. Yep. Okay. The Cardinals game in week two. Everyone, everyone's distillation of that game is Greg Joseph missed a 37 yard field goal, which absolutely happened. That did happen. Mm-hmm. Arizona scored 24 points in the first half of that game. The Vikings took a lead, and then the defense in the first half gave it all back, and the Vikings were losing in the first at, at halftime. Mm-hmm. But then the defense kind of writes the ship in the second half. The, the defense even scored a touchdown in the second half. The Vikings' offense in the second half scored three points yeah. and missed a 37-yard field goal when they finally got down to the you know to to field goal range. Yeah. So this is a game where you know you can't just blame one thing for these losses, but like defense gets off to a bad start, but then kind of writes it in the second half and scores the touchdown and makes up for it. And the offense, I feel like guys, you're not going to beat that Arizona team in Arizona. You're not going to beat them like 21 to 17. You're probably going to have to score 30 to win this game. You can't score three points in the second half and then miss a field goal to win the game. And didn't KJ Osborne catch like a touchdown pass on the third play of that game or the, yeah, like a bomb. Yeah. Bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Boy, sure nice to follow that up with more points. But yes, that so that game set the tone for I think how backwards the entire team was as far as when you hit that bomb, that's like oh, it's go time. Let's go. Let's score points. Let's score points. 
Instead, the Vikings were like, well, but we're really a defensive team. So, so yeah, to yeah. pin no, that keep on your Joseph foot on the gas. Yeah. and to pin that on Joseph, yes, he choked. That's too, but that's another game where that game, in my opinion, never should have been that close because you should have been pulling away. And if Arizona scores, they score. Yeah. But what would have given them a chance? Scoring points. Yeah, it's not as simple as, oh, we have a lead and the defense blew the lead. It's like, no, you, you, this might be back and forth. You're going to have to go score more points, and they, and they stop scoring points in the second half. Yep. Uh, the Browns game, the Vikings took a 7 nothing lead right out of the gate. Great scripted first couple drives or whatever it was. And then the offense didn't score the rest of the game, and they lost 14-7. to And so this one is squarely in it's a home game. Baker Mayfield was, terrible, awful yep. that day. So that one was, again, like two two games here where you had it. Offense, this is where Kevin O'Connell needs to come in and say, okay, what can we do? Let's definitely keep dominating the scripted drives. But, like, second half, when think when they adjust to us, how can we keep our foot on the gas pedal offensively, work with Kirk, et cetera? Yes. The Cowboys game, that Sunday night game. So, th- so first and foremost, the Vikings defense allowed Cooper Rush to conduct a game-winning drive in the final minutes. <laughs> yeah. I was there. Now, the Vikings offense had four drives in the out of their last five drives. The Viking, four of the Vikings offensive drives down the stretch in that game totaled 18 yards, three three and outs. One was a five play drive. Yep. So the offense disappeared as well. But ultimately, I look at the defense and say, guys, it's Cooper Rush. You're mm-hmm. playing at home. Mm-hmm. He should not dagger you at the buzzer. But the Cleveland and Dallas games are great. Um, bookend games in a conversation of the blame game because the Cleveland game Mayfield's terrible they're not scoring points you score points and then you don't score points like like how do you not put up 21 in that game right how do you not put up 28 but then the Dallas cool because your head coach doesn't spend any time on offense and but then the problem is the Dallas there's not enough smart people in the room offensively that's yeah, fine. but the Dallas game then that then basically showed you again your defense just ain't that good. Like Mike, your defense ain't that good. That's where you pivot and say, okay, screw it. Yeah. We're an offensive team. The Ravens game is really interesting because the Vikings took a twenty four to ten lead in the third quarter, and they wound up scoring thirty one points for the game in regulation. Yeah. And so if you would have told me, hey, the defense you, so here's where you're going to be with like 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. The defense from this point forward just needs to hold the Ravens under 21 and you win it. I would take that. And I would say, oh, yeah, it's not too much to ask. Go just go force some field goals and go win the game, right? Well, so the defense failed. But then they go to overtime. Yep. And the defense gets an interception. Was it Barr? I think Barr yes. picked off a pass, right? It's a pass from Lamar Jackson. Interception. Mm-hmm. And the offense then goes three and out, I think loses a yard and has to yeah. punt it back to the Ravens who go down and kick the game-winning yep. field goal. So this was kind of an equal, the defense blew the initial lead in the second half, but then the defense totally makes up for it by getting a clutch interception, hands the yep. ball to the offense and says, just go kick a field goal and win. And the offense is like, yep. what am I supposed to no, That might've been no. the game where Kirk lined up under a guard at one point too, if I'm not mistaken. Or was it San Fran? San was it San Fran? San Fran? Yeah, it was okay. San Fran it was late. San Fran game. Fourth okay. down. Yeah, the meltdown of San, San Fran. San Fran is the next one, by the way. Uh, that's a defensive effort that allowed 200 rushing yards against the Niners. Uh, Kirk did rifle off a bad interception at one point and then got a little gun shy. But like when your defense gives up 200 yards on the ground, yep. pretty tough to justify anything there. 
Yep. And then the last one here is the Lions. So the Vikings <laughs> in that Lions game. Oh, God. So the defense allowed Jared Goff to march down the field, which is unforgivable. But again, the Vikings offense scored six points in the first half of that game after taking a six to nothing, a six to nothing lead, and that was it. That's all they did in the first half. So I think so those are the seven games in which they lost a lead and lost the game. And I think people always just blame blown leads on the defense because, well, you had a lead, and then you didn't have a lead. That must be the defense's fault. There's definitely two or three things in here where you can say, defense, come on, guys. But I see, and this is where Kevin O'Connell can come in, right? I see an offense that all too often takes its foot off the gas, either intentionally or just because they get figured out and don't have the right coaching staff to counter-adjust in the third quarter. I would say that this team had no idea how to put its foot on the gas. That was the problem. Like, if, if it did, it was almost by accident. No. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, the 2021 Vikings lacked everything. They lacked swagger. They lacked a clutch gene. They lack discipline. Literally, your fullback being offside, I believe, on the first play of the regular season is like the moment in which you said, oh, this is going to be a long year. <laughs> like, it's your fullback. That's hard to do. It'd be one thing if it was your offensive line. That'd be disappointing and unnecessary. But your fullback gets called. So it. I just I get very frustrated with this notion that somehow these blown leads and close defeats were unlucky. Like if they just, if they just had done this or reverse that. Yeah. There's some luck in here for sure. Like I think the Bengals and the Cardinals, like ultimately there's, you know, missing a field goal of 37 yards is, is that's just, that's pretty unlucky. Uh, Of course, Greg Joseph was still fairly new to situations like that at the time. I think he turned out to be a really good kicker and I have confidence in him, but right. But I mean, how is that game? Not a game where, where to your point, after that KJ Osborne bomb that you are not saying, let's go get these yep. guys. And that's, listen, that is priority. Number one for Kevin O'Connell has to be, how do we turn this offense into a, just an absolute force that never stops. You know how you do that by not saying guys are taken away. We couldn't do anything. That's how you do that. No, we, well, as he says, we dictate, we dictate. Yes. We dictate. but, but now you've got to have everybody on board to do that. Like that has to become the mentality. I don't know why people wouldn't be on board with that. Like, what, like I mean, if you're, well, if you're talking be. about cousins, like, see, this is the thing. Like, if you go to cousins and say, because cousins, there's that there's that clip that's gone around social media with him sitting next to O'Connell in Washington like five years ago, and, and Kirk is saying, when I have a lead, mentally, yeah. I just kind of go into you know conservative mode, which right. which says a lot about, and I, and I think you see that with the Vikings too. It's like they get a lead, and he doesn't want to make a mistake to cost them something, and I, I appreciate the fact that he doesn't train wreck games very often. But Kevin has to tap into the other side of it where it's like whatever we did to take that 14-point lead or to march down the field and throw a touchdown pass to Thielen or Jefferson, let's, who cares how many points they have? Let's go score 40. Right. And let's win this game 40-10 to 10 or 40-37. to 37. But yeah. let's go score 40 in this game because we can. And I think that the Vikings, I think the players will all be on board. What I'm saying, though, is it's a mentality as well. Like, it's one thing to say, yeah, let's keep going, let's keep going. But then when it gets to be time to do it, that's the mentality part. And that's what, and and I'll give them credit. That's where Stafford's bad picks are incredibly intriguing because he threw bad picks in part because the Rams were trying to force things. Like, they yeah. were trying to keep, 
And so, okay, you throw that bad pick. Do you come right back and say, screw it? Yeah. Let's, you know, let's try for another big play. Or do you say, oh boy, that was, ooh, I don't like how that felt. I'm you not going to try and do that. That's the question I have. And you get, you guys know enough about my, my poker background from, you know, back when poker was booming 10, 15 years ago. And like, I had been around enough tournaments to know that the players who generally are aggressive are going to win more in poker. And the players that are just kind of, okay, I don't want to make a mistake. And I don't want to like, you're, you're going to get eaten alive. Yep. And now the players who are aggressive, are they, are they oftentimes going to like shove their chips in and get called on something on a bluff and like, Oh shoot. Yes. Are they going to throw a pick in a situation? So how do they keep the foot on the gas pedal is one, is one of the biggest themes here. Okay. We have, we have a very notable mock to get to here in a second and a random Viking of the week. But if you guys haven't already cleared your calendars, we would love to hang out with you the first night of the NFL draft at Surly Brewing Company, April 28th, 6 o'clock. The doors open at what time, Judd? 3 o'clock? 3 o'clock. Yep, and and uh, we'll start at 6, and the brew hall will be open until the draft is done. So if you go online and see 9 o'clock close, not on April 28th. And, of course, partake in a beer brewed specially for Score North and this event till I die, before I die, I should say, before I die. Because you know what? We all want to see the, this team win a championship before we, we die. So a pale ale that will be delicious, and hopefully we can all rally around the fact that soon the Vikings, before especially me, I die, will win a Super Bowl championship. A special one-time beer. We're giving away a TCL TV we're going to be hanging out, cheers and beers. We're going to have a hot mic open for, for basically live vent line. And so we're just looking forward to hanging out with you. So if, if, even if you're out of town, well, come, come on in town for the weekend and spend some time with us at Surly Brewing Company for the, uh, for the night one of the NFL draft. Also, a shout-out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. You talk about offensive line. The Vikings have been trying to fix that. I mean, Federated provides an offensive line basically for your business. They're all about risk management and protection. They have all sorts of tools, resources, and people that can help you with that risk management, maximize your business. Federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. I want to mock! Boys, we have a 1.0 from Peter Schreger. NFL insider from Good Morning Football, NFL.com. Peter Schrager, he's not just throwing out like six mock drafts here, man. He does due diligence, research, combine, and he has put out the 1.0. I have not scrolled through this. I am seeing this with you guys for the first time. Are you ready? Let's do it. Go. Go time. Peter Schrager. I think he has some trades in here, too. I hope he does. Well, the headline headline has a trade here, so I guess we'll. Okay. Number one of the Jaguars, Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher. Lions taking Kayvon Thibodeau. We've seen him slip a lot in a lot of mock drafts, down to like five, six, eight. Yeah, I don't know that's going to happen, but okay. Evan Neal, the Alabama tackle to the Texans at three. Sauce Gardner to the Jets at four. First cornerback off the board. Yeah, Sauce is going to go high. Seems high. high. Yeah, corners. Another tackle off the board in uh, Iquanu to the Giants. First quarterback off the board of the Panthers, Kenny Pickett. Huh? Small mm. hands going to Carolina? Small hands. Mm-hmm. Tiny hands. That is really high for Kenny Pickett. All right. Trayvon Walker, edge rusher, Georgia to the Giants at seven. Okay. Jermaine Johnson, the second, the edge rusher from Florida State to the Falcons at eight. 
The Seahawks drafting Charles Cross, the tackle from Mississippi State at nine. Okay. Jamison Williams, Alabama wide receiver to the Jets at 10. Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame, falling to 11 to the Commanders. That makes more sense for a safety, in my opinion. And that leaves the Vikings at 12. Any any thoughts here? Is, uh, did you say Stingley came off the board yet or no? He is still on the board. Okay, I'm, I'm guessing it's Stingley. I'm assuming it's Stingley. I'm guessing that Declan is right, and I'll say right now that Shregs is wrong. <laughs> it is Stingley. Yeah. Oh. Stingley recently received a clean bill of health, and that's huge. Before the injury, he was widely viewed as a sure-thing top-ten pick, having dominated at LSU in his freshman season. He had the luxury of squaring off against Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase in practice, where he more than held his own. Who better to groom him than former LSU star and possible pro football Hall of Famer Patrick Peterson. Stingley Jr. I want to mock! I love how that sounds, but it's not going to happen. You think he's going to go before then now? He and Sauce Gardner, I think, now are both top ten. Their corner. Would the Vikings trade very up? Is the question. Would they trade no. up? No, I don't no, think no. So. I think the no. Vikings. I, I am right now. I'm banking on the Vikings probably bailing backwards. And I know it doesn't excite folks, but I, I'm telling you, the Rick you, Spielman offseason blueprint continues. You know what? I, <laughs> that 2023 additional first round pick makes too much sense. Yeah, I mean, it would be great to get that, right? totally Just give yourself some insurance. It would be great to get that. Yes. So uh, with our mock-a-day here, so we're tracking all the mock drafts that we bring to the show, and we will do our own simulations here as the draft gets closer to. So we have, uh, we've got seven of them under our belt on Purple Daily. Derek Stingley twice to the Vikings. Ed Rusher, Jermaine Johnson twice to the Vikings. Trent McDuffie twice to the Vikings. And Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle from Georgia, once. To the, there's also a trade in here, too, uh, from NFL.com. I'm just going through the rest of this just to see where some of the other players go. There's a wide receiver run here in the teens. Mm. And then uh, Trent McDuffie falls to the Eagles at 18. Malik Willis falls to the Steelers at 20th. I Man, I, I would I don't just be gets, shocked if he's on the board at 20. I don't think he gets don't to 20. That. I don't think he gets to 20. Jordan Reed, the... Uh, Jordan Reed did some Vikings blogging. Now he's at ESPN as a draft expert, and he thinks he 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 was on Get Up this morning. He said his bold draft prediction: Malik Willis, number two, to the Detroit Lions. That's the rumor. I've I've seen that now for the last week. Yeah, Carolina's so going to do something. I I think Carolina does take a quarterback at six. I don't know if Kenny Pickett though. Dude, those hand that hand thing is real. That's a real concern. Those are pretty small hands, man. Yeah, you be I mean those things. We joke about it, but those itsy bitsy hands are a problem. Yeah, I know. Small hands. You know, uh, I don't know if you have smaller hands because of Olivia, but you have a smaller gut. Damn right. Oh, God, is that true? That true. And yes, <laughs> as Phil just said, that's thanks to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers who have helped me take off approximately since last September 40 pounds. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now, the key is it's weight control. And so not only have I taken off the weight and that was as easy a process as you could possibly find. Take some discipline, but it's not hard. But weight control. So for the first time in my life, I've taken off the weight and I'm keeping the weight off. And that is the most important thing because a lot of us have gone up and down and up and down. But the key is to stay consistent. Now, get 25% off your program plus 35 meals for free. Livia.com, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. 
Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. It is uh, a pr- program that you can join and go see a dietitian in the metro here. If you're outside of the state, you can do it all virtually as easy as it gets. Livia.com. Start your weight loss journey today. Up and down, up and down is what you said. Sounds a lot like Declan's golf game mm-hmm. the last Dang, few right? years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I might be flirting with shooting 100. I broke it a few times last year, which was a big step. But I'm really looking forward to going down the Meadows at Mystic Lake. This is going to be the true challenge. Can Declan break 100 at Meadows at Mystic Lake? And I think we'll have to do a Score North live stream. I'll get the guys out. I'll have a little periscope. I'll have the, I'll have the YouTube session. As Declan looks hit a knee knocker from six feet out to get to 99 for the day. At the Meadows Declan at Mystic Lake. over a quadruple bogey putt here for a 99. I think it breaks left, left. To, left to right breaker. Well, that's because you got one shoe on, Declan. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. Uh, it's an award-winning 18-hole public golf course. It offers a unique, challenging, scenic golf experience. And you can save a little money, too, with the frequent player card, which enjoys discounted rates, and it allows you to book your th- uh, your tee time three weeks in advance. The Meadows at Mystic wow. Lake. Check out their bar and grill. Go watch the Masters there this year as we're getting ready for golf season to actually open. Head on down there. Enjoy some beverages. Watch the Masters. Watch Tiger potentially a contend for a green jacket or root for my guy, Cam Smith, whoever you're rooting for, go check them out at the Meadows Bar and Grill. All right, it's time for the random Viking of the week here on Purple Daily where I pit you guys against each other in a fight to the death. Wow, Actually, really? it's just fight. a fight to determine who the random Viking of the oh, week is. Okay. Judd has a 19-11 to 11 lead over Declan after correctly guessing Phil Lodeholt last week. Some previous random Vikings have been Rich Gannon, Jerome Felton, Daryl Bevel, Captain Munnerlin, T.J. Clemmings, and others. Do I'm going to T.J. Clemmings. Yeah, you got one. it. I don't remember that one at all. Yeah, it was pretty early. It was like one of the. I first was going to say. Okay, well, yeah. that explains it. I'm so I'll throw out a series of clues. You guys all can right. jump in. You get up to three incorrect guesses before you're eliminated. Just blurt out guesses whenever you think you know. You can ask me questions too. I can refuse to answer if I want to. <laughs> I don't think you've ever done that. By the way, I don't think you've ever refused to answer yet. Yeah, well, it depends on how the you're game is softy. going. You're a softie. You're very much a softie. Yeah. All right, this random Viking of the Week originally hails from Los Angeles, California. This yeah. random Viking of the Week played college football in the Pac-12. This random Viking of the Week played for four different NFL teams. Five, actually, if you count... He was he was with another team for just an off season. Okay. Just find out. Let's see what season that was real quick here. Uh, this random Viking of the week is a former fifth round draft pick. Any guesses yet? Fifth round. Mm, I don't think that's a. I, I don't even. School. I don't even know I the. Don't. I don't even know, like, the years at all or the coaches. Yeah. So I, I ordinarily have no idea until you get to that. All right. Well, I'll keep going here. Okay, this random Viking of the Week played college football at Arizona, where he was inducted into the Arizona Ring of Honor in 2015. Jacqueline, I'm, I'm sorry, Dex. Guess from you? No, no. Okay, I thought you were about to guess. So. No. 
Uh, this random Viking, Louis, act, uh, actually currently works for Herm Edwards as an assistant coach at Arizona State. So he went. He went to his main what? college rival no, yeah, to be a coach. What type of turncoat is this? I don't know, man. Seems very, very questionable. Yeah, like so very questionable. Very questionable character here. Yeah. I, I would so say. he works yeah. for Herm Edwards at ASU, and he went into the Hall of Fame in 2015. I can say I, th- I think it's safe to say this that uh, this random Viking of the week does not have questionable character. At least did not seem to. Well, you never know. But just like I, I, I threw that out there, but I don't think there was a time I thought Darren Sharper didn't either. I so know. Yeah. <laughs> tell you right now, that if you there was a time if day. you would have asked me like, hey, who are like the five nicest guys in the Vikings locker room? Darren Sharper would have been on that list. He's treated sure. the media great. <laughs> who knew he was a complete creep and a criminal? Yeah. Uh, okay, this random Viking of the week. Once led the Vikings in a very key category. This random Viking of the week played in over a hundred career NFL games, but he only has one major team or individual award. Like he never won a Super Bowl. The only award he he has ever won was an NFC Special Teams Player of the Week award once. The NFC? coaches that oh we got a guess oh we got a guess no 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 I I was thinking out loud Dex is look at Dex right now look at Dex look at him just look at him all right the coaches that this random Viking played for maybe this will help you Brad Childress Mike Shanahan Dick Duran Jeff Fisher <clears throat> excuse me Todd Haley and Lovey Smith oh God. A lot of football guys there, let me tell you. Mike Shanahan, Jeff Fisher, Todd Haley with that sweaty hat that he used to wear all the time. Oh, this is going to kill me. Yeah. You a know guy named A guy named Dick. Dick Jerron. Dick Jerron's a football football guy. Don't yeah. ever. Don't mess with Dick Jerron. Dick Jerron. Hundred career. So this random one. Viking scored mm. 10 touchdowns in his career. Oh, 10 touchdowns. This random Viking caught touchdown passes from four different quarterbacks. Vince Young, Matt Castle, Gus Farratt, and Tavares Jackson. Is it Bobby Wade? Dang it. Dang it. There it is. Dang yes. It. Bobby Wade is the random Viking of the week. Judd Zolgat with his 20th career victory on random Viking of the week here. One of the great locker room leaders of the early Brad Childress days was always there to answer questions, was yep. always there after tough losses, yep. and was always there to make a safe, fair catch immediately when the ball left the punter's Number field. 19. I did not know he was working in fo- I did not have any idea that yeah, he's, he's not on coaching. Herm staff. He's a, technically, he's a graduate assistant right now, but he works with the wide receivers at oh, Arizona uh-oh, State. Uh-oh, so. uh-oh, we got problems. Dex, are you okay? Yeah, I don't know, I'm upset about that. <laughs> Why didn't you get it? What happened there? I don't know. I knew you, I, it was clearly you know a special teams player. I was like, I was thinking return men. So like, Dude, he led the up, Vikings in receiving yards one year too. Yeah. He only had like 600, but it was, it yeah. was a dark, well, dark you, day. for. So Vikings. I knew it was a, like a return man of some sort. It obviously wasn't, you know, Marcus Sherrill. So I was just trying to figure out who it could have been. I almost said Barry but we've had Bernard Barry on this before. And then Have I thought we? Devin Aroma should do. 
Uh, yeah, you did, did do Barry. You did, did Barry and went up. My nephew Arnie was crying for the entire episode of Purple Daily. Um, <laughs> oh, that's right. I have no recollection of Barry. Well, I won't forget God, that I'm night. Old. Yeah. Um, I'm old. Um, mm-hmm. <sighs> was Bobby Wade a bear before he came here? Yes. With Dick Duran? Yep, Dick Duran, Lovey Smith, and then he left, and then they won a Super or not one. They went to a Super Bowl like the year after he, he right. left them. Right? Okay. All right. I, so there okay. you go. Random Viking of the Week right. here on Purple Daily. Congrats to Judd on another victory. And, uh, yeah, clear your calendars. April 28th, Surly Brewing Company, Purple Daily and Surly, yep. and the Before I Die Pale Ale. Let's get it. We'll see you guys tomorrow for a four-question Friday.